So many of us experience hormone shifts, hormone imbalances that result in emotional changes, that result in physical symptoms that are pretty challenging. Hello, friend. It's Wendy Valentine, your hostess with the Midlife Mostess, coming at you live from the RV. Welcome to the Midlife Makeover Show. If you are ready to get unstuck, take courageous action, and reclaim your life, I am the wild and wise woman for you. Let me tell you, I've been there. I've gone through divorce. I was at a job I definitely didn't love. I've lost some amazing people in my life, and I have cried buckets of tears along the way. The great news is that I've made it through to the other side. Oh, yeah. My breakdown became my breakthrough. I know your greatest breakthrough is on the other side of saying yes to life. It's time to stop being stuck and stop playing small. It's time to go from surviving to thriving. If you're done living a life that doesn't set your soul on fire, this is the podcast for you. Let's get this midlife party started, shall we? Welcome back to the show, everyone. We have an awesome milestone to celebrate this week on the Midlife Makeover Show, and I can't wait to share it with you. It's a pretty big milestone in the world of podcasting. Well, it's at least a big dealio in my world of podcasting. Okay, drum roll, please. That's my best drum roll. The Midlife Makeover Show reached 10,000 downloads this week. Woohoo! I have you to thank for helping me reach this great achievement. So thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning into the show every week. If you know of any other midlifers out there that could use some advice to help them thrive through midlife, then please share the show. And we all need some extra love and support through midlife, don't we? I know I do. I truly want to help you write that next exciting chapter of your life and help you solve your greatest midlife challenges, like fighting freedom through divorce, making your money matter at your retirement, turning your midlife crisis into a midlife awakening, oh yeah, decluttering, downsizing, and downright enjoying your second half of life. You so deserve that. And let's not forget to have a blast along the way, right? I'm all about making life F-U-N fun. And midlife is such a great opportunity to enjoy doing all those things that you've talked about doing. It's now or never. To help you get started on taking that next step towards creating a fun-filled, happy life, make sure you check out my online course, The Midlife Makeover Method. I designed this course with you in mind. I wanted something that you could do at your own pace and something to simplify your future plans in life. I know for me, I get overwhelmed with what to do next, when to do it, how to do it, etc. The Midlife Makeover Method will help you boil down your needs and wants and get you going in the right direction. Here's what's included in the course. You get lifetime access to all four weeks of classes and bonuses, lifetime access to the Midlife Makeover student community, your very own Midlife Makeover Method workbook, and you get the Midlife Wheel of Life that can be used multiple times throughout your midlife journey. 
All of this is only $197. And if you sign up for the Midlife Makeover Toolkit listed on the homepage of my website at wendyvalentine.com, then you get 50 buckaroos off, which brings it down to only $147. Not a bad dealio, in my opinion, for writing your next exciting chapter in life. I hope my online course and this show helps you become the best you. Today's episode should help you as well. It is chock full, chock full. (laughs) What a word. Anyways, it is chock full of great advice on how to manage your hormones through perimenopause. If you don't know what perimenopause is, then you're about to find out. Today's expert on perimenopause is our special guest, Jen Sweeney. She's an author, entrepreneur, and passionate patient advocate. Frustrated by the lack of information and support women receive in perimenopause, Jen researched and wrote, you've got to be kidding me, perimenopause symptoms, stages, and strategies, and launched Periwinkle, a movement to help women thrive in midlife. A practical dreamer, Jen is inspired as much by the Dalai Lama as Dolly Parton. (laughs) I love that. Me too, Jen. Please welcome Jen Sweeney to the show. Jen Sweeney, welcome to the Midlife Makeover Show. So great to have you here and to talk about such an awesome subject, (laughs) something I'm familiar with. So tell everyone a little bit about what you do and why you do what you do. Yes. Well, thank you so much for having me, Wendy. It's wonderful to be here. And I'm so grateful to you for being willing to talk about perimenopause. It's not something that, you know, gets a lot of attention, but it's something I'm really passionate about. So I come from a patient advocacy background. I've been a patient advocate for most of my life. I run a purpose-driven healthcare consulting organization. And about a year ago, a little bit more than a year ago, I got really ticked off because I was experiencing perimenopause in not a great way. And I couldn't find enough information about what this phase of life was, or I couldn't find it in ways that really um, were accessible to me. You know, I kept on finding like medical textbooks. I'm like, I'm not a doctor. Like I need something that's easy to read and helps me understand what I'm going through. So I wrote this book, You've Got to Be Kidding Me. And it's all about perimenopause symptoms, stages, and strategies for thriving in midlife. Nice. I love it. Yeah. And you know what? It's, and, and, answer this for me. Cause I, I thought about this before we start the show. Does everyone go through it? Doesn't every woman go through it? Every single woman goes through perimenopause. So yeah. half of our, of our population on the planet goes through perimenopause. It can last up to 15 years. I'm convinced for myself, I will be in this journey for 15 years, which, yeah. you know, I've, I've come to terms with that. Uh, for some women, it can last for a year and they will have very little symptoms. On average, it's about four years. But for some of us, yeah, 15 years is a pretty significant amount of time to deal with a health uh, condition like perimenopause. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like if it's something we all women have to go through, then we should all be a little bit more prepared for it and have something more than just textbook style. You know, like like you said, we're not medical doctors. So I don't know what all that means. So perimenopause, I might be asking some silly questions here, but that compared to menopause, what is the difference? Yeah, great question. And I'll be honest, I had actually never heard of the term perimenopause until I got into this phase of life. I heard about menopause. So menopause means that you have not had a menstrual period for a full year. It means that you are done menstruating. 
perimenopause is the time period before menopause. And like I said, it can last up to 15 years. And, you know, I think it for many years did not get a lot of attention and slowly, but surely we are building awareness about the stage of life because so much happens during perimenopause. So many of us experience hormone shifts, hormone imbalances that result in emotional changes that result in physical symptoms that are pretty challenging. So for me, you know, one day I was just really, you know, going along with my life. I was at the top of my career. I was happily married. I had two teenagers who drove me crazy, but like for the most part, life was great. Yeah. And literally it was like the next day I was anxious and depressed. Mm. I gained 20 pounds almost overnight. I'm I'm literally not kidding. It was insane. And I went to my business partners and to my husband and I said, listen, I am not sure I can continue working. I am so debilitated right now with these symptoms. And I actually didn't know what was going on. I I really had no idea what was going on. And I said, I think I'm going to have to retire. You know, and this was, I was like 45. So this is like five years ago. Um, So, and it was because I had no idea that this thing called perimenopause existed. And it's really why I wrote this guide. I wrote the guide that I wish someone had given me when I entered into the stage of life. Nice. Nice. What is, what is peri? Does Perry mean before? I guess that means before. Yes. Or menopause. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, which can, I mean, I would think as your body is really changing, that can be even more difficult than menopause. In some ways, I think right? it is. You know, yeah. and it, the hard part with perimenopause is it's different for every single woman. Mm-hmm. There's really no single, you know, perimenopause experience, which is why, again, I think we all need to be prepared. If we know that this time of life is coming, we can get ourselves ready. So one of the things that I will tell women until I can no longer speak is find a way to track your symptoms Mm. because tracking your symptoms will give you an understanding of what your body is going through. And you can take those symptoms to your care team and say, look, this is what I'm experiencing right now. Uh, And actually, you know, we have a great symptom tracker on the Periwinkle website. So they can, anyone who's listening, go to that website, download it and start tracking your symptoms today. That will help you sort of gain control over the stage of life in which a lot of stuff is going on that can be really destabilizing. Yeah. First of all, I'm going to tell you, I love your website. It's, I I get into web, like, Ooh, I was like, this is so nice. I love it. What is the, what is the website again? What's the... So it's um, Hello Periwinkle. Hello Periwinkle.com. Well, it's okay. an HTTPS. So let's put it in this in the show notes. But okay, yeah. Um, folks can definitely go and get the symptom tracker on the Periwinkle website. We also have the first chapter of the You've Got to Be Kidding Me guide on the website. Um, so yeah, I hope folks will check those out because they they've been really helpful to me, this symptom tracker in particular. So what what are the common symptoms? So there are some common symptoms. So one is brain fog. And that was the symptom that really took me down. I went from having this career where I have to think all the time to being in meetings. And someone would ask me a question about like a fundamental piece of work that I do. And I could not answer the question. Very scary. I just couldn't think. For some women, it can be anxiety and depression. So here's the thing that's really concerning to me about perimenopause. If you have ever experienced anxiety, depression, or another mental health condition in your life, that could be like postpartum depression, for example, you are 60% 
greater risk of experiencing those symptoms in perimenopause. Wow. And we really need to let women know that. We need to let them know that they could be at risk for anxiety and depression in this stage of life. So they can be on the lookout for it. Because for me, I couldn't figure out what's going on. I'm like, I love my life. Like things are good, but my hormones weren't. Mm-hmm. My hormones were telling me there's something going on here. So anxiety and depression. Um, one of the most common symptoms, both in perimenopause and in menopause, are hot flashes. Oh, yes. But so I've actually never had one. <laughs> I am like the worst. I'm so bad. And I'm naturally like hot. You know what I mean? Like I get hot very easily. So whenever I do have a hot flash or night sweats, it's like, oh my God, everyone get away. Like, yeah. <laughs> turn down the AC. Yes. And I do find myself turning my AC onto frigid on a regular basis. And I think it's just because I'm running hotter than I typically have in my life. So if you are running hotter, that's a, that's a symptom as well. Night sweats are a symptom as well. Um, Another symptom that I feel like doesn't get talked about a lot is heart palpitations. They don't happen to lots and lots of women, but can you imagine how scary it would be to suddenly have your heart pounding out of your chest? Uh, it actually does happen. It's perfectly normal. Although I would say, you know, if you do have heart palpitations, like definitely check with your doctor, make sure you're not having anything else serious happening. Um, but it is, a, you know, it is a symptom of um, perimenopause. The good news is while perimenopause itself can be destabilizing, because there's all these shifts going on, you know, weight gain is another thing that a lot of women experience. I did, as I mentioned. Yeah. Um, and while there are some symptoms in menopause, from what I've read and from talking to you know hundreds of women, it turns out things do get better in menopause. So mm-hmm. for many, many women. So my hope is that you know if we can raise awareness about what's going on in perimenopause, help women see that they can thrive even in this destabilizing time. Um, we can also hopefully break down some of the taboos associated with menopause. Like a lot of people think of menopause as the beginning of like the long, slow road to death. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's not true. Yeah. Like we're not dead yeah. just because we're in, in menopause. It's just, it's just another right. stage of life. Right. Yeah. Your body's going through a change physically and it's just something that you have to face and, and to get through it. Right. So what, yeah, what can you do? What, what are some things that you can do to help you get through it? Yeah. So, and I, I would say, I even want to see women thrive. I don't even want to just Mm -hmm. get through it. Like one of the reasons I love following you, Wendy, is like, you are really Mm -hmm. about like living your best life in midlife. And I think actually we can do that. So the first thing I would say is find a care team that knows a lot about hormone health. That is really important. And don't assume that your primary care doctor or your OBGYN will know a lot about hormone health. It's actually rare. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Clinicians don't get a lot of training on this stuff. So look for a care team that you know knows a lot about hormone health. Uh, another thing I would say, and this may seem controversial, but I would say get your hormones tested. There are some clinicians that do not believe that that is important. Uh, you know, I've heard some folks out there saying like, well, why would you get your hormones tested? For me, I would never have known that I had one run out of testosterone. You literally can run out of testosterone. I did. Yeah, me too. Never would have known that I had hypothyroid if I had not had my hormones tested and I had to fight for it. So I would say that's number two. Um, this one is a little bit harder and it's, um, it's hard for me to admit actually, but I would say stop over-exercising and under-eating. Mm, mm-hmm. 
Yes. Looking back, I thought I was being healthy and to some degree I was, but I don't think I was nourishing myself the way that I should have. And I was beating my body up. Yeah. And yeah. like looking back, I'm like, why did I do that? Why didn't I treat myself, you know, with kid gloves? And why didn't I just give myself the nourishment and the care that I needed? So I've been working on that in perimenopause. Um, and then the last thing I would say is if you can, or, you know, I would say, even if you can't try limit alcohol, alcohol mm-hmm. really messes with our hormones. And yes. I've had to really think about what I'm consuming in my body, including alcohol, because I want now to like make my hormones work for me. If they're going to be all over the place, like let's make them do that as little as possible. And alcohol is one thing that really can screw things up. So those are some of the things that I've done to really just feel good in my body during this time. Yeah. I mean, and I find that, you know, especially if you're the more aware you are, our bodies will tell us what, what they need. And like, sometimes I, I feel like we try to outsmart our bodies, you know, like by doing certain things and all these fad diets and stuff out there, it's like, it's really not that hard. It's like, eat good food, stay in aisle one. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? yeah. And for me too, so I was like you, like I used to do, and I still do, like I'll do running and things like that, but not like crazy. Like I was before I would do hardcore, like spinning classes. My body actually does best with yoga. Yes. And I always thought I had this idea that like, oh, okay, well, yoga is like, you're not going to lose weight or you can't stay in shape. Like, oh, I'm stretching. whoop de <laughs> Like it's actually really hard, but I, I found that I lost weight easier by doing yoga and by doing slower movements instead of like this hardcore exercise, you know, and then, and then in, in having a better relationship with food and really watching what you eat and not, not, I mean, you, right. Your, your thoughts become things. So it's like thinking about not to get so crazy about the foods that you eat too. Like if you have a brownie, have a brownie, like let it go. But at the same time, like really, like you said, watching what you're putting into your body, because that's everything. Yeah. And I think as our, as we get older, our metabolism slow down. That's just, that's just mm-hmm. back to life. And I think in the beginning of perimenopause, I thought, okay, if my metabolism is slowing down, I need to do everything I can to figure out how to speed it up rather than saying, okay, let me be mindful about what I'm putting into my body. Let me be mindful about how I'm treating my body. And what I've learned now in writing this, in writing this book is that cortisol is a really important hormone. And it's the most important hormone in many ways during perimenopause. And if you get your cortisol to spike, which I kept on doing in the beginning of perimenopause by doing really hard workouts and under eating, your cortisol will not be happy. And you will find yourself with increased belly fat. And basically like for me, I would have like a rapid heartbeat all the time. So I've been working really, really diligently about just slowing down. Like you said, doing yoga, doing flexibility. Mm-hmm. I'm back to doing Pilates. It's a little hard for me because I, I think I got a lot of mental benefit from like physical exercise, like running. I used to love to run because it would like enable me to like, let my mind go and just be in the moment. Mm -hmm. And I liked that sense of speed and that like endorphin high that I would get. It's harder for me to get that with yoga. Uh, but 
you know, it's not worth it for me to be down my body anymore. Like I, I right. just know where I am in the stage of life and I need to, I need to take care of myself. Have you done, did you mention, have you done any fasting? Have you tried that? Yes. So, uh, this might be a little controversial because I know a lot of people <laughs> talk about intermittent fasting as like the way to manage weight loss and manage weight yeah. period in uh, perimenopause. I did an intermittent fasting experiment on myself for about a week. I had tried intermittent fasting in the past and was a complete failure and read a whole book on it recently. And what I learned was I had been doing it wrong. So it turns out when you intermittent fast, you cannot consume anything other than black coffee, black tea, or water. I had heard like, oh, if, as long as it's under 50 calories, it's okay. Nope, that's not true. So for the first time ever, I was successful. I did multiple days in a row of IF. I managed to fast for like 17 hours. I didn't have any cravings. Here's the thing, Wendy. I cannot believe this happened. Uh, at the end of my experiment, I had gained five pounds all in my belly. Oh. Yeah. Now, keep in mind, I was not doing the fasting for weight loss. I was doing it because I was experiencing like inflammation in my body. And I heard that fasting can be good for limiting that. I now know, having done more research, that being hypothyroid, it is not a good idea to do intermittent fasting. Your body starts to freak out. Your thyroid, you know, doesn't work even less than it does normally. It can mess with the, the medicine that you're taking. So I also just think mentioning the, the cortisol I mentioned earlier, I think my body was like, oh no, fight or flight. Let me spike up the cortisol. And that led to the increased weight and the belly fat. So I'm not doing that anymore. Yeah. Sure, it can work for other people. I'm not <laughs> suggesting that everybody take it off, yeah. you know, off, off their um, whatever. But for me, it just, it was not successful. Yeah. And again, it's like having that awareness to, to know that that doesn't work for your body and it's okay. I mean, I think there's like, there are so many things that are out there now that it's great. Like, okay, give it a shot if you want to, you know, and see if that agrees with your body, but every body is different. So I personally, I can't, I can't do that either. I mean, mentally I could like, okay, fine. Yeah. I'm not eat. You know, but my body, like by 10 a.m., like I got to have something like my blood sugar will, will drop. And I and I do I like in the times that I have tried that I do gain weight. Interesting. So I'm not the only one. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't like I find I do better with uh, small meals, you know, like throughout the day and then just a normal meal. Like I try not to again, I try not to overthink it, you know, I'm like just listen to my body. And I think that's, what's nice about doing not to be pushing yoga, but nice about yoga is that it does get you to stop and listen to your body, you know, like, especially when I'm on the mat, you know, and I'm like, okay, that hurts. Like, okay. Now, like, like, unless I was, if, if I was busy doing stuff or I was running, I probably wouldn't even notice that. Like I wouldn't notice certain things in my body that were going on. You know. So you are bringing up something that is so important and has been a big part of my journey. I used to joke around like 10 years ago that I was a disembodied head, that all I was, was just a big head and didn't have a body. And it's because like, I'm a big thinker and that's what I, you know, I use my brain, you know, in the work that I do all the time. And I learned about this whole idea of just being in your head because I was training to be a leadership coach. And at the time, you know, we were really like learning how to be embodied, like a full body. Right. And I, I got really good at that actually. And then suddenly life got busy and perimenopause hit. And I, my biggest regret, Wendy, is I did not listen to my body. 
I tried to use my brain to figure out a problem that was in my body. Mm -hmm. And I kept on saying, oh, it's because I'm not exercising enough. Oh, it's because I'm eating too much. Oh, it's because of, you know, I kept on coming up with all of these excuses when actually my body was giving me some very, very strong signs that I just was ignoring. So that has been a big part of this work for me is to tune into myself. I now do a lot of um, meditation. I just do a lot of quiet time. It's not even meditation. I'll just like sit here and stare out the window and like just be in myself, which for like a type A person like me, who's always needs to be on the go, go, it's been hard, but I don't know that I would have gotten through this period of time if I had just kept on ignoring the signs in my body. Right. Yeah, exactly. Now, do you, do you find that there are certain foods that help, that help you? Yes. Well, so for me, I tend to have more estrogen compared to progesterone and that's actually not uncommon Mm -hmm. in perimenopause. Our progesterone tends to go down. Our estrogen is all over the place until we hit menopause when it pretty much bottoms out. So for me, I tend to have high estrogen. So one of the things I do is I eat a lot of cruciferous vegetables. Those help me a lot in terms of like eliminating the estrogen in my body because otherwise estrogen gets recycled into your body. And then, you know, then I just become more estrogen dominant. So for me, that has been really key. The other thing is protein. Mm -hmm. I have been a pescatarian for like 30 years. uh, And I've always eaten like a fair amount of protein. Oh no. During perimenopause, I've had to like ramp that sucker up. And for me, it's like key to not being starving all the time. And because my progesterone, my testosterone has decreased. It, It does for everyone. We all lose testosterone as we get older. I'm finding like, if I lift weights, I can't build muscle unless I have extra protein. So those are the two things that have really helped me in terms of the food um, intake. Just very clean eating. As much as I can. I mean, I I love a brownie. I love a cake. I love coffee. I mean, so yeah, I'm not crazy about it all. Uh, You know, if if people have to see me in a bathing suit and it's not the the best thing that they've ever seen, oh, well. I mean, that's been the other about perimenopause, like I just don't care anymore, you know? You know, and I think that's that's key too, like really loving your body. Even, you know, it's it's going to change. I mean, obviously we're, you know, when we're in our 60s and 70s, we're not going to look like we did in our 20s and 30s. That would be weird if we did. But so it's like embracing that as you go through it. Yeah. And I think as a former people pleaser, that's been hard. Yeah. You know, I always felt like I needed to show up as the best person as I possibly could, physically, emotionally, mentally, the whole nine yards. And I've always been a striver and a type A person. And I would say one of the nice things about perimenopause is letting, I don't know, can I say this? Yeah. Shit go. Yeah. Like just let shit go. Shit go. Nobody, nobody's going to go blind in yeah. my cellulite in a bathing suit at the beach. You know, I mean, would I love to not have something like, yeah, so would every other people on the planet, but just letting myself be has been really a nice change of pace in this stage of life. And I, I find that makes a woman even more beautiful when they embrace who they are. And, and, you know, it's like when you meet someone like that and they're just like, yeah, <laughs> like, no, I am. like, it's like, so, and you always feel, well, I do, I feel more comfortable with someone like that, instead of them trying to be something that they're not, you know, like, I love that. 
Yeah. And that's been, that has been hard for me. I think I had a lot of walls up for the first 50 years of my life. I was so afraid of being judged and I wasn't always comfortable being vulnerable. I will tell you writing this book where I go into detail about like my sex life. I don't go into great detail, you know, which my husband is very grateful for. Um, (laughs) I tell a story in the beginning about walking around Barnes and Noble with a pair of pink shorts on and a huge bloody spot on my I mean, it was bad. That is so tough. uh, I was mortified. And you know what? That's life. Yeah. And who's going to judge me? I mean, thank goodness. A wonderful woman came up behind me and said, love, you've got, you know, you've got a stain. And I was able to, but like all of those experiences, I think helped me realize that I don't need to have these walls up. I don't need to be this perfect person. I don't need to pretend that, you know, everything is great all the time. Like we're all in this crazy life, essentially walking each other home is how I got it on a regular basis. Yeah. Yeah. I, I personally had gone, I had, I went to see a functional medicine doctor and, um, that he was, you know, that was his specialty. It was all about hormones. And I found out I had already gone through it. Like, actually this was a few years ago and he was shocked. He was like looking at the report. He's like, I was on empty on everything. And I've had three kids, but I knew some leading up to it. I mean, that's why I went. It was like, something's not right. Um, I ended up for a little while. I did the, what do they call them? The pellets. Mm-hmm. Yep. Pellets. Uh, I did the testosterone and then I can't remember what else it was. That helped tremendously. But I also too, just having you know, tried to take care of my body majority of my life. Like I, I just was like, okay, let's, let's start eating even better. And let's, you know, let's, and that's when I started getting into yoga and meditation and like, okay, let's change my body's changing. So I got to change my behaviors. I got to change, you know, not drink as much like, okay. Um, and yeah, it's, I think, it takes a while, you know, for me, it took a while to like, okay, figure things out. What is my body like, not like as it's going through all these changes. And I was just thinking too, if you're going through something, you know, traumatic in your life, I would think it would make these symptoms even harder. They did for me. Um, I had, you know, went through a series of losses, like boom, 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 all at the same time of going through menopause and then so that I was, a I was a hot mess, literally <laughs> hot flashes. I, and that is so true. You know, one of the other things I wanted to write this book was, you know, when you look at a woman's life, mm-hmm. oftentimes we are going through perimenopause while we're dealing with teenagers, while yep. we're dealing with older parents. So my parents are older now. They need more help from us. My, my mother-in-law is as well. I was trying to help my kids, you know, navigate like the end of high school, the beginning of college, applying to college, all of that stuff. Uh, and you know, many of us take time off throughout our careers so that like really in our forties is when we can really pick up speed and take off and like become, you know, the, the successful people we want to. And all of that is happening right as our hormones are messing with us. It just feels so unfair. It's like, what the heck? Let alone, you know, I know you did experience losses. I mean, that's, yeah, it makes it all a lot harder. And it's also why I think we just need to know, like, in a way, I joke around with my tennis partner. She's 10 years younger than me. 
I wrote this book for her and her friends because she didn't know the term perimenopause. And it's like, if we can let women know what's headed down the path for them, they can prepare. They can, you know, go to friends and family and say, listen, I'm going to need to get a little bit more sleep here, or I'm not going to be able to volunteer for this or whatever. They can take care of themselves or begin taking care of themselves. So when those hormones go crazy, um, they're already in a good place. Right. Well, yeah, exactly. Because then I was even thinking, you know, if you go through perimenopause, you know, uh, with awareness and, and try to do as best as you can going through that, by the time you do get to menopause, it's going to be a little bit easier and you'll be more prepared for it. Right. Yeah, for sure. If we, if we begun taking care of ourselves in perimenopause, by the time we get to menopause, it won't even be like a new thing. It'll be a habit so that we're going into our older years because the reality is when we hit menopause, a lot of the health issues that happen in our second stage of life begin to crop up, whether that's hypertension or diabetes, uh, you know, some cognition issues. So taking care of ourselves now is really the way to make sure that when we get to that stage of life, we're, we're feeling as good as we possibly can. Yeah. Yeah. Getting uh, your hormones tested, like you said, is so important. And also a functional medicine doctor. I'm so glad you mentioned the functional medicine doctor. I talk a lot in the book about how to find clinicians who can be helpful to you in the stage of life. For me, functional medicine doctors have been essential. Yeah. My um, ex-husband is a or is a functional medicine doctor, but hormones is not his, you know, specialty. I mean, they, they are, but like, I wanted to see someone that was like, okay, this is all that he does. So it was great. I was, I've always been surrounded by people that have a lot of that knowledge. And, you know, so that is so important because if you don't have an idea of what's going on in your body, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, then, then you're going to be like really guessing. Yes. And in some ways it's so hard for me when I think about a lot of the women that I interviewed for this guide. So a lot of the women told me things like I went to my doctor, I asked him what I was going through and, you know, he blew me off. You know, another woman said that she went to her clinician and she said, listen, am I, you know, what should I expect? Like what's going to happen? And the clinician said, well, I'll tell you when we get there. Mm. Like, wait a minute. This is not like to be you know more open about this we need to be more transparent we need to give women as much information as we possibly can and that's not to say i'm not you know bashing clinicians i work with doctors on a regular basis i just think many of them don't have the knowledge about the stage of life so they feel like a little uncomfortable or they feel like oh gosh i can't answer these questions because i don't necessarily know so i would recommend like you said find people a care team that like this is what they do all day long Hormones are their thing because they will be the ones that can help you get through this stage of life. Well, if you think about it, I mean, there's doctors that are out there that to, to teach us how to get through pregnancy. There should be some out there to help us get through perimenopause, which which lasts longer than pregnancy, right? Yeah. So speaking of, so what what is the average age of when perimenopause starts? Um, the average is early 40s, but it can be okay. as late as late 30s. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just thinking too, I mean, is it possible? Cause you know, there's so many women having children later now. Is it possible they can go through perimenopause and they can get pregnant? I guess, I don't know. I you, guess you, can you can definitely get pregnant in perimenopause. Yeah. That's actually something I write a lot about in the book. Um, because, wow. and one of the reasons I wrote about that is my grandmother, my dad's mother had a baby at 50. Wow. And back in the day, they called that change of life babies. And the reason why is because 
our periods tend to be all over the map in perimenopause. So you might not get your period, say, for like nine months. And you're like, oh, I'm free and clear. I'm good. You know, so then you're not using protection. And suddenly you wake up and you're pregnant. So what I have said to all the women that I've spoken with as I've written this this book is you are not safe until you are a year mm-hmm. without a period. I would even, you know, just, just to be cautious, double check with your clinician that you're completely through that stage of life and that, you know, and no matter what, use protection against pregnancy if you don't want to become pregnant. Yeah. Now, do you find that, um, so through perimenopause, you, you can, your periods can change quite a bit through that time, right? Yeah. So they can get longer. They can get shorter. For me, they got really, really heavy. And that was because I had really bottomed out on progesterone. Progesterone therapy has helped me a lot. I've balanced out the periods. They're not as you know horrible as they were for a while there. Um, they can just, you know, a period can disappear for months and then all of a sudden, boom, come back. So, you know, definitely erratic periods is a sign of perimenopause. Yeah, I had that. I had, it was like every two weeks I was like, honestly, it was exhausting. Yes. Just that alone. And yeah, like you're like, what in the world is happening? You know? So, so what are like three things like you could do? Let's just say if someone's really struggling right now, like what are three things that they could start change in their life just to help them get through it? The first thing I would say is just acknowledge and understand that this is a natural stage of life. You know, you're not doing anything wrong. Um, you know, that you're, you're also not on the downward spiral to death. That's definitely not true. It's just, it's a natural stage of life. Um, and I would say, you know, talk about it with other women, ask your mom, you know, or your aunts about their experiences. Um, number two, find a care team that really specializes in hormone health. That's hugely important. And then number three, go to our website, Periwinkle. So it's Hello Periwinkle and download our symptom tracker. That can help you understand, you know, what you're experiencing over time. You can bring that to your care team and they can then understand it. Because really how you can address your symptoms, it can be lifestyle changes. So getting more sleep or, you know, changing up your exercise or eating differently, but it can also be hormone therapy. You can, you know, we talked about, I take progesterone, I take um, testosterone. There's also supplements out there that can be really helpful to you. So, you know, for me, I found like I could not sleep in early perimenopause. And valerian was hugely helpful to me. It's yeah, that's good stuff. Mm-hmm. Really, really helpful. Um, but you, you really can't know what you're experiencing unless you track it over time. So those would be the three things I would suggest. Yeah, and, and I'm glad you brought that up about supplements because um, that that really helped with me. And I think some supplements work good for some people and some don't, right? Um, there's one, amp, I want to say it's amberin, Am A-M-B-E-R-E-N, I think. That one has been amazing for me. Um, You can get it at Walgreens or whatever. And and I've tried some really expensive ones. Having been married to a physician, it's like I would, you know, would be able to get some really good supplements. Um, And I've tried some really expensive ones. And sometimes it's just finding that nice little blend that just helps with the moods and the night sweats and all that good stuff. And yeah, like you said, number one is just being... Like, welcome to being a woman. (laughs) Like you've got to, you can get through it. Yeah. 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 And that I have got to get that book. That is like awesome. Um, because there, there needs to be more stuff like that out there. 
because otherwise you're just like, what in the world is happening? You know? Yes. So we started Periwinkle for three reasons. One, to raise awareness. So that's really what the book is about. Mm -hmm. Um, The second is to change medical education. I want more clinicians to really understand the stage of life. They don't have to be like hugely, you know, knowledgeable about it, but at a minimum, they need to be able to sort of give women a heads up and then say, Hey, by the way, at this stage of life, maybe you need to go see someone, you know, focused on hormone health. Um, but then three, I think there's still a lot we can do to make the stage of life more manageable for women in terms of treatment. There's, you know, we've definitely made some strides in the last 30 years, but a lot of medical research is done on men and we have very different bodies. So my hope is that we can, we can really make some strides over the next 30 years so that when my daughter, you know, is going through perimenopause, she has more access to treatment than I have. Yeah, exactly. And I was just thinking, um, when I had gone to a couple of doctors and, and this is kind of a common thing now it's like, oh, well, you just need a hysterectomy, just rip everything. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's funny, it made me think of that because when you said to talk, you know, to other family members, well, of course, like the baby boomers, that was the thing that they, let's just rip everything out. Like, just get a hysterectomy. And it's like, no, there's other solutions. You don't have to do that. You have to start taking organs out. Like, like no, like, and so I think that is so important that people realize there are some other solutions to get through it. And every woman has to go through it, then there's got to be better ways to get through it besides just ripping everything out that was put there. Yeah. I could not agree more. I have a lot of concerns around the the degree to which hysterectomies are recommended and done in this country. Um, I think we should be exploring every possible option before we take out a body part, especially one that is so key to our quality of life and to our cognition. Yeah. Because then once you have a hysterectomy, then you're dealing with even even more issues after that. So it doesn't necessarily make that completely better, in my opinion. Um, and I don't know, for me personally, having gone through it, it's I felt like, yeah, there was a really, really tough time that I went through. And then it's like kind of figuring it out as you're going through it. And then it starts to come down. And then there's still there's still times, you know, I feel like, if I'm going through something in my life that, um, whatever, it's like lots, you know, emotional issues or anything like that, sometimes the symptoms will creep back up. And so like, okay, I have to stop. I have to practice lots of self-care, um, and give myself permission to do that and be like, when do you just need to chill out? You know, and sometimes just rest is rest is best. I wish you could see over here. I have a couch in my office. And when my husband suggested I put it there, I was like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm not like a psychiatrist. Like, what do I need a couch for? Oh my gosh. That sucker gets so much action. I cannot even tell you. And I'm also at the stage where I'm like, you know what? Yeah, exactly. I'm like, I'm going to take a nap. I am like the biggest napper these days because my body needs that. And again, first time I'm really listening to my body. Yeah. That is so important. So this is great. I've, I've, like I was telling you before we hit record, I've learned so much from everyone that I've interviewed and I was so excited about this one today. I was like, oh yes. I was like, this is stuff I know about too, you know? And plus I'm still learning. I mean, like it just said, like my body's still changing, even though I've been through a lot of it and who knows at what stage I'm at with it. But I still like sometimes weeks, months will go by and I'm fine. 
And then all of a sudden it'll creep back up. I'm like, okay, it's time to, time to reset here. Yeah. I mean, again, like your body, as you're aging, your body is still going through. I mean, think about like what your body has to go through on a daily basis. Like good golly. Lot. It has been a lot. Um, I am so grateful myself because in the beginning it was absolutely horrible. Like I said, I was pretty sure I was going to have to retire and, and, you know, wasn't sure how I was going to get through life. I feel great now. I have lots of energy. I, I feel okay with taking naps whenever I want to. My self-esteem is better than it ever has been. You know, I'm happy in my life. So, you know, and that's what I want for all women like you. I want this stage of life, midlife, you know, to feel really good for all of us. We deserve that. So my hope is that, you know, in raising awareness about the stage of life, women can be prepared and be happy. Yeah. And you know what, too? It's like, my gosh, we have to also remind ourselves of how strong we are. Women are incredibly strong. It's like, you know, whether you've had children or not, I mean, you can get through menopause, perimenopause, you can get through it all. It's, and and it's great too, to have other women to go through it with. Yes. If you want to laugh, if you want to share in the joy, uh, join me on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, we have accounts there called We Are Periwinkle. And I just talk about this stuff all day long. I mean, some of it is really funny, you know, like I'll be turning up the thermostat while my husband's turning it down, you know, like all of that stuff. Other times it's a little bit more poignant. Like I've definitely had moments where I'm crying in the middle of the day because my hormones are just all over the map. And, you know, if anyone out there is experiencing this and wants a buddy, I'm there. We've got lots of women there who really just want to support each other during this stage of life. I love it. So we can find you at helloperiwinkle.com, your Facebook, Instagram, what else? We are Periwinkle for both of those. Um, That's where I am right now. I have started TikTok. I think I have like one post um, and I'd love anyone's, you know, thoughts and suggestions about how to do TikTok. I'm still learning. Um, (laughs) You can find uh, you've got to be kidding me. The book on Amazon. You can also find it on Book Baby. And for your listeners, we can uh, create a, a coupon for twenty five percent off. So if you haven't bought the book yet, I hope you'll do so. I hope you'll buy some for your friends. And and then let me know what you think. I'm open to all feedback and open to conversations about this anytime. Yeah, I love it. I'm going to get the book myself. <laughs> Thank you, Wendy. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. And uh, I can't wait uh, to learn more. Thank you, Wendy. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me and to raising awareness about this important stage of life. All right. Thank you so much. Have a great rest of your day. You too. Bye. And now for our nuggets of midlife wisdom from today's show. Number one, every woman goes through perimenopause and it can last up to 15 years. Gasp. Number two, menopause means you have not had a menstrual cycle for at least one year. Perimenopause occurs before menopause. Number three, if you have ever had anxiety, depression, or another mental health condition in your life, you are at a 60% greater risk of experiencing those symptoms in perimenopause. Number four, the top four things you can do right now to help you thrive through perimenopause is one, find a care team that knows about hormone health. Two, get your hormones tested. So important, you guys. 
Three, stop over-exercising and under-eating. And four, limit alcohol. And back to our nuggets of midlife wisdom, number five, cortisol is the most important hormone during perimenopause. Stay calm and keep your hormones strong. Number six, listen to your body. Your body will tell you what it needs to be healthy. Jen, thank you so much for being on the show. You were so amazing. Myself and all the women out there, and heck, men too, right? Because if the women are happy, the men are happier. (laughs) Anyways, thank you so much. And I am so grateful that you do what you do to help make all of our lives better. Here's to no more hot flashes. Oh, that is so great. I'm just, I feel cooler just saying that. Better moods and a ton of energy so we can rock our midlife. Yeah, yeah. Make sure you check out Jen at HelloPeriwinkle.com. Such an amazing website. And get a copy of her guide. You've got to be kidding me. Jen's contact info will also be listed in the show notes. And everyone, thanks again for helping the Midlife Makeover Show reach 10,000 downloads. Yeehaw! Here's to 20,000 downloads. If you'd like to see this interview on video, please subscribe to the Midlife Makeover Show YouTube channel. And if you're not already, make sure you follow me on Instagram at Wendy Valentine, the Midlife Makeover Show, where it's always a party on my page. I would love for you to join the party every Tuesday with me when the Midlife Makeover Show goes live on Instagram. All you have to do is follow me on Instagram at Wendy Valentine, the Midlife Makeover Show, and click on the live video link in my profile. Choose the shows that interest you, and you will receive a notification when we go live. I hope to see you there. Okay, midlifers, get out there and be bold, be free, be you. Did this podcast inspire you, challenge you, trigger you to make a change, or make you spit out your coffee laughing? Good then there are a few ways you can thank me. Number one, you can leave a written review of this podcast on Apple iTunes. Number two, you can take a screenshot of the episode and share it onto social media and tag me, Wendy Valentine. Number three, share it with another midlifer who needs a makeover. You know who I'm talking about. Okay, friend, I am so grateful for you and I can't wait to hear from you. Cheers from the RV. Here's to taking the road less traveled.